Ready to buy your first home? Want the 411 on how to buy and get the most house for your money? Welcome to the First Time Home Buyers Podcast, where you'll discover everything you ever wanted to know about buying your first home, but were afraid to ask. Now, from Austin, Texas, here's your host, licensed realtor, Shane Blackshear. And welcome to the First Time Home Buyers Podcast. This is episode four. We're going to be talking about title insurance and why you need it. I've got an interview here that I think you're really going to enjoy. First, a little housekeeping. I want to say thanks to everybody who sent me an email and asked me a question and given me feedback. Also want to say thanks to those who've gone on to iTunes and given me a review. And if you haven't done that yet, if you really enjoy the show, I would appreciate a review on iTunes and a five-star rating if that's what you feel, if that's how you feel about it. Uh, listen, also referrals. If you're anywhere in the country and you need a referral, I can find a good one for you. So give me an email, let me know. And also if you're in the Austin area, I would love to sit down with you and talk to you about why I should be your realtor. If you got questions, concerns, uh, requests for referrals, email me at shane.blackshear at kw.com. That's Shane, S-H-A-N-E, dot Blackshear, B-L-A-C-K-S-H-E-A-R, at K-W dot com. All right. Well, without further ado, I'll go on to this great interview that I just did with Kim from Gracie Title. And with me today, I have Kim McCarthy from Gracie Title here in Austin, Texas. Kim, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Shane. So we want to talk a little bit about what you do at the title company, what your role is. So let's start out by asking, what exactly is title insurance? Title insurance is the insurance that you receive when you purchase a house, and it's, we're insuring both the buyer and the lender. Most transactions involve the lender. And what we're insuring is that the seller to the property is the actual seller of records. It's the person who has the right to sell that property. We're also ensuring that the property looks the way we think it should look. By that, I mean that the house lies within the property lines. It's not over any easements, and there's not any structural issues with where the house is placed on the property. Okay, and so is that is a survey what would verify those things? Correct. Okay, so in in previous podcasts where we talked about just you know the whole from beginning to end what a buyer goes through, we talked about um, purchasing the survey, and so I know that in some situations an existing survey will be admitted, and then sometimes the buyer or or the seller whoever is negotiated has to pay for a new one. Why might that be? Well, we always have to have a survey that is accurate. So if the seller has an existing survey and can provide that to us and sign a document that states there have been no changes to the property since that survey was done, then we can use an existing survey. If the seller can't find that survey or if there have been changes to the property, such as a pool being added or an addition to the house, then that survey is no longer accurate and then we need to get a new one. Okay. So the survey basically outlines the basic footprint of the house. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, And so do you, 
you, so basically, you said unless you know, unless one of those things changes, generally that one will be accepted. The the, right. the previous one, and and I can say from experiences, I don't think I've had any transactions where a new survey needed to be purchased. And so I know that I had one transaction that, that they went back and forth negotiating who would buy the survey and they didn't even know if that one would be needed yet. And, you know, I just told my, my buyer, look, let's just, nothing's changed on the house. You know, I verified those things and I said, I don't see a scenario where we're going to need this. Let's not go back and forth on, negotiating who's going to get it and and you know if they pay for it say well we we went this far for you when this is probably not even going to be a question right. and so that's generally the case right probably about 90 percent of all transactions just use an existing survey yeah yeah so why why have title insurance what does it do well, it protects that once you buy the property that no one can come come along down the road and say years ago I had an interest in this property and therefore I'm going to assert my claim on it right now. Um, if that were to happen, then you have your title insurance which would protect you. We would first try to deal with whoever was coming up, see if they had a legitimate claim, and if they actually do have a legitimate claim, then your insurance pays out that claim. So, so then, so if that happens, so say my buyers, uh, you know, they go to Gracie Title, you provide title insurance, and that happens, what, could they lose their house? They could possibly lose the property if we couldn't come to a amicable uh, resolution, mm -hmm. but they would receive financial compensation. Right, right. Have you ever seen that happen under no. your? Okay, and I've never. Yeah. Heard of it happening? It's happened somewhere, I'm sure. It has. Um, but what we do is all the research ahead of time to make sure that we've researched everything and that the odds of anything coming up down the road are very slim. Yeah, and and basically, you have basically one job, and that's it. Right. And you do it really well, and so and that's why. Right. Right. So, first of all, does anyone is title insurance a choice? If you have a lender, mm -hmm. if you have to get a loan to buy your house, then no, it's not a choice because the lenders are protected by that insurance as well, and they're always going to require it. If you're doing a cash transaction, then title insurance is a choice. However, it's such a small amount compared to the sales price of the house, and when we issue title insurance, we can also conduct the closing and handle all the paperwork and everything involved in the transaction. We cannot conduct a closing if we're not issuing title insurance. Sure. Okay. Okay. So let's and we'll, we'll go back to that in a second. So what I want to ask next is okay. So I, I'm a realtor and my I've been working with some clients. They finally found a house. They've gone through negotiations. We uh, come to an agreement and we're under contract. And then uh, I send that contract to you. What do you do next? That's when we. Receive the contract. We send out copies of everything to all parties. We start all of our um, investigation into the title of the property. We have a title plant that goes back in time and researches all of the deeds that have been filed against the property, all of the restrictions, everything that's been filed of record with the county clerk that affects the property. And we pull together. It's called a title commitment. 
we send that out to all parties for review. But what we're essentially doing is saying this is what we have found that affects the property at this time. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. What about title company fees? Uh, how are those? How do you come up with those? The major fee is the cost of the actual title insurance, mm -hmm. and that is mandated by the Texas Department of Insurance. Okay. So, and so that's an interesting thing because, like, nothing else. I mean, it's almost kind of like the government said, all right, you know, all right, Ford dealership, you have to sell all of your, you know, Ford Focuses for the same price. It doesn't work like that with any other business. Right. But with the title company, it does. It does. We are very heavily mandated. We're monitored. We're audited. The um, Department of Insurance, you know, they audit every company at least annually, mm -hmm. if not more, to make sure that we are all upholding to the same standards. Cool. So what's important about that is to me is the, the fees are all the same. So it's not like I as a realtor can shop for a better price for my, right. for my clients. But the service does, right? Exactly. That's the big difference. Why you choose the title company you choose should be about the service that you receive. Unfortunately, some people make the decision just based on location, um, which still, you know, you should be able to close at any location. Um, Gracie Title has 16 locations throughout Austin, but you should be able to close anywhere. And what you're looking for is the best service that you can receive. Right. Great. So what could what could go wrong with the title company? If somebody chooses the wrong title company, what, what could go wrong? Uh, a huge thing that could go wrong would be if the title plant missed a lien against the property. Yeah. So let's say your seller currently is making a first and second mortgage payment, mm -hmm. uh, and they miss the second mortgage. You know, they don't find that at all for whatever reason. You go to closing. You know, you have to pay off whatever existing liens are there. The seller says, hey, they didn't catch my second mortgage. I don't have to pay for it. Then down the road, the buyer starts getting them these notices that there's this second lien that's on the property. Now, eventually, the title company will pay that off right. and then go after the seller to be recompensated. But that's not something that your buyer wants to deal with. Right, right, and it's not just uh, it's not just lenders that could charge that could put liens against the home either. Correct, right? Like who, anyone. There could almost. be, you know, what the big thing is determining the validity of a lien, but there could sure. be child support liens, there could be IRS liens, there could be you home know, improvement, home improvement roofer. liens, roofer. You know, yeah. There's so many people who can put a lien against the property. Now, it doesn't mean that the lien is valid and has the right to come in and foreclose on that property, but they can certainly give a buyer a headache. Right, right. Okay, cool. So let's talk about this because this is what a big thing that people want to know. Closing day, that happens at your office. What what happens from, you know, so, so uh, what title company calls the buyer a couple of days ahead, a week ahead, and says, hey, we're going to schedule this time, or does this time work for you? How does that work? Well, typically, the, your sales contract is going to have the closing date in right. there, and that's the date that everyone's So you'll know the day, for. right. Uh, the lender is really going to be the driving force in the transaction, because the lender's got so many more things that they have to do in order to get the documents to the title company. The lender is the one who prepares the bulk of the documents. Mm -hmm. Um, they send them to us, and then once we have everything, then we'll contact both agents and say, okay, the lender has given us the clear to close. Looks like we're going to be closing on the 4th. Let us know what time works for you and your client. 
So then once we get it, we get it scheduled, the lender gets us all the documents, we prepare what's called a settlement statement. That's basically the net sheet of all the fees involved in the closing. Mm -hmm. So it shows on both the buyer's and the seller's side what all of their costs are and what all of their credits are, and then shows how much money the buyer is going to bring to closing and how much money the seller will receive once we find Okay. Okay. So will uh, will the buyer know ahead of time what that settle <clears throat> excuse me what that settlement statement is going to say? If they have a good lender. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was going to be my question because that's the lender's job, correct? Right. Okay. And so you really are you're kind of the messenger in that scenario. You correct. don't decide the settlement statement. That's well, we prepare the settlement statement according to the lender's instructions. Because the lender is going to know what their fees are, right, what right. the final loan amount is going to be, and they're just going to have more, the majority of the information. So they send everything to us. We're, we're kind of like the hub. We pull sure. all the information for the buyer, the seller, the taxes, everybody who might need to either get or re receive money, either pay or receive money in the transaction, and we put it all together. But we can't put it together until the lender gets us their fees. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Okay. So, so you the the date is set on the you know, closing date of the contract, and you set a time with the buyer to come in. So, what happens? They walk into the office. They walk into the office. They should bring with them a valid government issued ID, which usually is just a driver's license as long as it's not expired. Um, and then we come, we conduct the closing. We go through all the paperwork, have the signing. If they are bringing money to closing, we can accept a personal check for up to $1,500. Anything over that has to be a cashier's check or it can be wired to us. Uh, the buyer signs. The seller will come in at a separate time. They'll sign their documents. After everyone is signed, we send the documents over to the lender for them to review and give us their final authorization. Once we have the lender's authorization and the wire coming from the lender, then we can fund transactions, which yeah. means that the buyer gets their fees and the seller gets their proceeds. Okay, cool. So, and you touched on something else. So, the you close with the buyer and the seller at different times, probably, but at least separately in different rooms. So, so you know, so my client right. gets a really good deal, which they will. They're my client, of course. They're, they're not going to sit across from the people who bought the no, house from no. in the room. Closings used to be, several years ago, closings were all together. The buyers and sellers would all come up to the table at the same time. But we don't, we've kind of shied away from that now. I wonder why. Well, <laughs> there, really, there's several reasons. Aside from, you know, one person is getting a good deal, um, the buyer has got so many more papers that they need to sign. A buyer's closing will typically be about 45 minutes to an hour, and a seller's closing can usually be about 20 minutes. So on the seller's side, you know, why do you want to sit there right. so much extra? And on the buyer's side, why do you want someone in the same room who's going to have, you know, all of your private information sitting right there? Mm -hmm. So it really works out for both sides to do it separate. Yeah, that's good. And that's good for someone to know going in and... Um, you know, even usually, I've never had a transaction where both sides didn't feel like they were getting a fair deal, but still to sit across from each other and just, there's just a lot that could go wrong exactly. in, that, in that scenario. Okay, so when you, you touched on it, but they go in, and so when my clients close, they sign papers till their hands hurt, basically. Yeah. So what are, what's an overview of some of those things that they're signing at that point? 
The most important documents that you sign at closing are going to be the settlement statement, and that's the net sheet. Um, there's the note, which is your promise to pay, and that's the one your lender creates saying this is how much money I'm borrowing and what your interest rate is. The deed of trust is the document that actually places the lien on the property, which says I owe the lender this much money, and if the lender has to foreclose, this is what they have to do in order to do that. Um, and then your payment letter is the other important one, which talks about when your first payment is due, how much money you'll pay every month. The rest of it are, are just documents that were created because somebody filed a lawsuit at one it's time or another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just all to protect. And really, it's not just to protect the lender. Um, Texas is a very um, protective state of homestead rights. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of documents that are generated to protect the homestead. Okay. Okay. So... Um another question I was going to ask and I lost it for a second um, so what can what can a buyer do to make sure that there are no surprises on close today just constantly talk to your lender yeah. you know you want to have a good relationship with your lender you want a lender who's communicating with you and that's really all that it's about you want to have an agent that you can communicate with a title company and a lender all that you can talk to um, you know, if you can go into their office, that's always the best possible scenario. Sure. Um, and just keep talking to everybody and make sure that, you know, you're on the same page as everyone throughout the entire transaction. Yeah. And so that it speaks a lot of how important a good lender is because I think you probably feel the same way as a realtor. I feel like a lender can make me look good or really bad. And a lot of that is out of my control. Absolutely. And you probably feel the same way as Absolutely. a person working in a title company because it really does all go back to the lender. Mm -hmm. And and if someone is surprised at the closing table, I'll be there sitting with them, and you will too. And so that can put us on the spot. But it really is on the lender. It's so important to have a good lender, a yeah. lender that you can trust and a lender you can speak with. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I tell my clients just after we're – after we uh, have an executed contract, I mean, even if the closing is months away, just go ahead and give that lender a call every week and make sure that they're on top of it. And then, and then, you know, week of closing, really be on top of it and be in contact with them. Make sure that, that you know, everything that is going to happen on that closing day. Right. So, Kim, what, what else have I missed? What else should, should uh, people know about about what a title company does in that whole process? Well, probably the only thing we haven't touched base on is the homeowners association. Okay, yeah. Because that's, you know, that's one thing that's completely, you know, separate. H homeowners associations, or HOAs as we call them, mm -hmm. um, are not mandated by any government entity. So their fees can be whatever they want them to be. Mm -hmm. And you'll um, just be aware because, some HOAs, they can charge up to $500 for sure. transfer and resale certificate fees. And then you'll have your monthly dues, which mm -hmm. HOA dues are completely separate from your mortgage payment. Right. So a lot of people will think that that's rolled in, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, so, and so a lot of people, they think of HOA, and even if they're aware of it, they just think of it as the monthly payment. But a lot of those have separate resale fees right. just to buy the house exactly. you have to pay them x amount of dollars and it can get pretty significant it can like you said so okay cool that's something to keep in mind maybe we should do a whole show on hoas and stuff like that. 
Uh, <laughs> good. Okay, cool. Anything else? I think that's about it. Okay. So generally, at least in my transactions, I don't know how other realtors do it, but I'm the one who finds the title company, and I generally go with Gracie if I can do it. Uh, but what, where can, first of all, how can somebody get in touch with you? If somebody's in Austin and looking for a title company. Uh, well, our phone number is 512-795-8434 or that it. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So you've got Kim's number there, the office to Gracie, and uh, they've done great work for me. And I can think of uh, specifically one scenario that I had where uh, things got delayed and my client had to close after hours, but Gracie stuck around and did it. And so you come through for me in a pinch. And so I've really appreciated it. Oh, thanks, Shane. I think it's important to know for all of us who are in the business that people who are buying or selling a house, it's still a big deal. It's yeah, it is. You do every yeah, day. That's exactly right. Yeah. You do it every day, and especially right. for the first-time homebuyers, that's it's a it's huge, huge deal. deal. It's important. Yeah, you gotta, you know, step outside the box sometimes, and that's what we like to do. Yeah, cool. Well, Ken, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Shane. Bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Now you know everything you need to know about title insurance, about closing day. You're more educated than ninety percent of the consumers out there, at least. So anyways, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, or need a referral, or need a realtor, email me. My email is shane, S-H-A-N-E, dot Blackshear, B-L-A-C-K-S-H-E-A-R, at K-W dot com. All right, guys, I hope to have another episode out in the next couple of weeks. I really hope you enjoy, and leave me some feedback. All right, take care.